Some of Wilson Contreras' teammates have come to his defense after getting pulled from catching duties. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I specifically would love for you to follow on Twitter because during games, we kind of have this, this cool back and forth thing going on between myself and fans, and it's kind of good. It's kind of nice. So if you're ever watching the game all by yourself, you're actually not. You can you can get on to Twitter and go back and forth with me and uh, some of the other Cardinals fans and have some fun uh, while the game is going on. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also available on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. It's been an interesting couple of days for Cardinals catcher slash DH slash maybe outfielder Wilson Contreras. Heck for the whole team, really. Let's be honest. You, you've had this, this horrible month of April. It's just terrible when it feels like everything that can go wrong did go wrong. And it, and it kind of did. Like it didn't matter what they did positive. Something negative would conquer that like an inning later. It was really, really rough. And then the beginning of May here, things hadn't gotten any better. The fans are fed up. They're angry so much that they're they're booing this team in St. Louis. That is something that hardly ever happens. I, I honestly don't remember being at a game ever where the home team, where our Cardinals got booed at Bush Stadium. But it happened this year. Uh, one of your star players, arguably your best player and leader, Nolan Arenado, who decided not to opt out of his contract because he believed in this organization and loved St. Louis and wanted to stay here, return to the team despite knowing that he likely could have made a whole lot more money out there on the open market, looks absolutely lost at the plate. Just cannot seem to figure it out. Is suffering through one of his worst slumps as a Redbird. I didn't get to watch him all the time in Colorado, but I would assume that this is as bad as it ever got there too. Uh, then the news that prize free agent acquisition Wilson Contreras will be removed from catching duties came out, and that was kind of the last straw for people. And because the reasoning behind the move was so, it was so vague, like they never really explained why they were removing him, it left a lot of us to ask questions about the coaching step, about the front office. I mean, how can you screw this up? How do you screw up such a large decision of replacing Yadier Molina? And I know some people don't like using the word replace when it comes to putting another catcher in, but th that's what you're doing. It's what you're doing. He's not here anymore. You know, they, they, they made Contreras the choice to fill that hole that Yadier Molina left. Nobody pretended that he was going to be the defensive superstar that Yadi was. Those people come along every hundred years. Like, that's not normal. What Yachty did behind the plate was not normal. But you handpicked Wilson Contreras. You had your choice of certain catchers that were available around the league. One of them, Sean Murphy, 
who ended up getting traded to the Atlanta Braves. But you liked Wilson. He was your choice. He was your choice to replace Yadier Molina as the new starting catch for the St. Louis Cardinals this season. And the front office stuff when it comes to, you know, I ripped them big time yesterday. I ripped, I ripped into them a lot yesterday. I'm not going to do it again here today. You can listen to yesterday's episode if you want to hear everything I had to uh, kind of whine about and cry about yesterday because there was a lot. But to pull Wilson Contreras from his catching duties, this soon says to me that this coaching staff, not so much the front office, but this coaching staff did not prepare him properly or well enough this spring to take on the duties that were going to be required of him. I'm guessing that in the conversations between Ali and Mosellock and Wilson Contreras, when they all got together in Florida and they decided, you know what? I like this. Let's do this. They explained to him how difficult this was going to be and all of the things that he was going to have to learn. And it seemed like he accepted that and was actually looking forward to it. He showed up to camp early. Didn't miss a game in the spring. If he was allowed you might, you know, he had a few innings off here and there, but it wasn't like he was ever injured or needed to rate. Like they let him play. He wanted to be there. He he showed up to camp early, didn't go to the WBC so that he could be around. And, and it's still, he wasn't ready by May. I mean, I got to check the count. May, he's not ready yet. I'm sorry, but I don't put this on Wilson Contreras at all. I feel like this is a failure by this coaching staff to fully prepare him for what you needed him to do. And then it also got me wondering, because outside of that, I start wondering, wh what about Wilson Contreras' new teammates? Now we're hearing reports that the pitching staff was like, oh, you know, kind of like throwing to Kisner instead, and we're used to him, we're comfortable with him. I don't know who said it. I, I didn't see the quotes, but then it started making me wonder, do they not like him? Like, do his teammates not like him as a catcher at all? Do they even like him as a guy, as a person? Is he a problem in the clubhouse? And it didn't seem that way to me. He seemed like a perfect fit. Clearly, he's a skilled baseball player. He's been a three-time All-Star. I never heard of any issues with him in the clubhouse with the Cubs. Got a ringing endorsement by at least one former Cubs pitcher in John Lester, who finished his career in St. Louis, Louis, so you trusted him. He had that fire and that passion that you like behind the plate. Kind of like what Yachty used to do and used to bring to this team. So that was a good thing. So what gives here? What gives? Yesterday, we heard from a, a couple of Wilson's teammates on the matter. Katie Wu from The Athletic put out an article and uh, talked to both Adam Wainwright and Jack Flaherty about the situation. And here's what Flaherty had to say. Quote, we love the guy. It's hard, man. I've seen it. I, I feel like everybody that's come over here from Ozuna to Goldschmidt, Arenado, if you look at their first years coming over and getting comfortable or trying to do too much, you could see them go through the ups and downs of struggles. I don't really feel that out of him too much, but we do want him to know that we got him, which I love hearing. I think that's great. Adam Wainwright, who was as close to Yachty as anyone. So his feelings about who the new catcher was going to be kind of important, said this, quote, I definitely think you're going to see Wilson and our pitching staff settle in and be great moving forward. I really do believe that. A few of our pitchers weren't there during spring training due to participating in the World Baseball Classic, and that didn't help things either. And listen, I think if you asked every pitcher in here, almost everyone except Jordan Montgomery, who has been great the whole time, 
nobody pitched the way they can. That didn't help anything. There's a lot of things that played into it. Really, this first month was a perfect storm of badness for this team. Wainwright continued saying, quote, we love this guy. We're glad he's here. No one's given up hope on Willie. That was the main message that we wanted to share with him. Honestly, I don't know if anyone has ever told him that, but he's appreciated. Wait, nobody told Wilson Contreras that, hey, dude, you're good. Just We like you. You're great until this meeting happened. Because it was reported that Wayno, Flaherty, Ollie, and Contreras all had a meeting together, which, according to Wayno, was actually Ollie's idea. So gold star for Ollie right there because uh, they kind of knew the ramifications of this decision and how it would affect not only the fan base and how they were going to react to things, but how it was going to affect Wilson Contreras, who, to his credit, he didn't throw a fit. He didn't get angry. Apparently, he was on board with the idea. Didn't have an issue with it. After the meeting, it's been reported that Wilson feels better about everything and that there's a good plan to get him back behind the plate soon. To me, he just seems like a guy who wants to win. Hates that he's letting his team down. He seems like a very emotional guy. You know, you saw the tears at Wrigley Field last night when they gave him the video, despite people booing him. He had the tears coming down. You saw him last year when he thought he was going to get traded. Remember him and Ian Happ were hugging it out on the field before what might have been their final home game together as Cubs. Neither one of them got traded. Um, but you see that. And you see, the, like I mentioned earlier, the fire and the passion that, that he's got out there on the field. And, you know, he's he feels like he's letting the team down. And imagine being the new guy. Okay, you knew what it was like first day of school. First day of school, you didn't really know anybody. You might have met people before, but you didn't really know them. But imagine being the new guy how that has to feel. And then on top of that, you've got a lot of these guys who have been together and in this organization for years and years. You're the new guy and everything is going wrong when you show up. And now you're being stripped of your catching duties. Like, how would that make you feel? Like the one thing that you thought you were really, really good at, I mean, obviously hitting too, but the catching, they're taking it away from you. And this was a really good team last year. And now they're not very good. And you're the one who's kind of getting demoted because of it. That sucks, man. That's got to be really, really hard on him. And it, it made me like, okay, how is Wilson going to handle this? We we saw online, I guess somebody posted that he took uh, the picture of him in a Cardinal uniform down from his Instagram account. So people started freaking out about that. I mean, how was he going to handle this? Especially right before going back to Chicago to face his former team, the Cubs. Like, how was Wilson Contreras going to handle this? That's what I wanted to see. And last night, we got our answer. The guy goes two for four with two RBIs. He absolutely loved the attention. As I said last night, uh, following the game, he relished in the boos that were being rained down on him from the Wrigley faithful. He is enjoying the attention that he was getting as the bad guy playing for the Cardinals. We dubbed him. I should say I dubbed him last night, Villain Willie. And... It was really nice to see him out there having a good time. It really was. I was listening to uh, an interview today. Uh, gosh, what was on that? Maybe 590 The Fan. And they were talking to Andrew Kisner, who said that was the most fun that he's seen Wilson Contreras have since he's been in a Cardinal uniform. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, he was a huge part of the win last night that snapped the Oh, an 11 losing streak in series opening games. And it gave the Cardinals their first back-to-back -back win since April 11th and 12th. And he looked like he was having a whole lot of fun doing it. So um, 
That's something this team doesn't do enough of, in my opinion. They look like they're getting a, a root canal out there instead of playing a kid's game for a living. I want to talk more about last night's game, and I'm going to give you guys some of the fan reactions to all of this. We're going to do that next on Locked on Cardinals. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. These NBA playoffs, my goodness, they have, they've been fun to watch so far. There's just been so much drama like every game. There's something bizarre that happens and goes on that you just shake your head out. You're like, I can't believe this is real. I mean, crazy stuff keeps happening each night. Uh, two-time MVP Nikola Jokic, the air night. Uh, he's going to be back. He's in the lineup tonight. He is going to play. He got fined, but he he had that dust up with Suns owner Matt Ishbia. Ishbia, uh, like he he goes like one of his buddies goes out out of bounds. Ishbia, who's in the corner there, owner of the Suns, has the ball. Is checking on his own player, and all of a sudden, Jokic just comes up, starts pulling the ball from him, kind of gives him a little elbow and knocks him down. Like what's going on there? And Ishbia does the flop a little bit, tries to get the charge call. I don't know what was going on there, but it was it was funny. It was entertaining. And to make these games even more entertaining, because that's not going to happen all the time, but you can win money while watching these games. And there's no better place to put your bet on all this playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. The Cardinals are in Chicago for their series with the Cubs. Game two will be tonight. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search Cardinals. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. And my everydayers know the pain and the suffering that the season <laughs> has brought on the team, the city, and the fans. And a lot of them are quite frustrated, and I get it. So uh, I always encourage you guys, when if you want to vent, I'm right here for it. You guys can vent. You go to the YouTube page, go into the comments section, and you can unleash whatever you want. You can rip on me, the team, ownership, coaches. It's all fair game. It's really, really okay. Um, so here's a little sample of what some of the fans are saying about the Cardinals so far this season. First off, let's start with uh, Greg Hobbs here. Greg Hobbs writes, it doesn't matter because the front office thinks that a pitcher is a container for beer. Talking about how the... <laughs> The pitching has been so bad this year. Uh, John Hale says, what in the world is going on with my beloved Cardinals? Someone been sniffing the glue bottle. Obviously, the, that makes me think of the movie Airplane, where uh, the one character is like, it looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. Uh, Adrian Cornette writes, it's a manager problem in time for a change. They did nothing for pitching in the offseason. And then when he dislikes a player's performance on a play, he talks openly to the press about him. Not a good move for the team's manager. Time for him to go. Clearly talking about Ali Marmel and the uh, Tyler O'Neill situation. Sawyer Holt writes, I think it's a good move. Talking about Wilson Contreras not catching. Gives him more time to learn pitchers. His ERA behind the plate is almost six, while Kisner's is 3.77. We still get his bat at DH, and he gets time to learn. I think it's a smart move. And that's certainly something you can point out Small sample size, because we're very early on in the season still. I know you don't like to hear that, but beginning of May here. Uh, but Kisner has seemed to make a difference in a positive way so far when he's behind the plate. And with how this season has been going, we'll take any positivity we can get. So until it fails, I don't see why you don't just keep Kisner back there. It's um, hard to argue against it. 
Bush Hogg, great name, right? It's his first year with a pitching staff. I think some underestimated exactly how great and how much Yachty actually meant to the Cardinals. It will take time to grow into the role. Willie is going to be just fine. Yachty retired, and unfortunately, we were unable to clone him. Well, you don't know that yet. Maybe the clone of Yachty is still growing and is in the infant stage. You don't know that yet, Bush Hogg. But in all seriousness, I was uh, reading Bernie Miklas's article at scoopswithdannymack.com, and, and I laughed at one part where Bernie said, quote, after being bottle-fed by a pitch-calling master, Yadier Molina, Cardinal pitchers never developed a mind of their own. They evidently are incapable of thinking for themselves and needed Papa Molina to carry them through a game, end quote. And I, and I had to laugh at that because I, I was just as astonished as everybody else when they started talking about how, well, you know, calling pitches and doing that. Like, wait, hold on. Everybody has a chance to veto this. Everybody has more power than Contreras. Contreras can put down a sign and say, I want the slider low and in on his pitch com. He can have that. The pitcher can shake it off. And if they don't like how he's calling games, you know what? You guys in the dugout, Dusty Blake, Ali Marmel, why don't you guys call the pitches? Why don't you take control? Why is that a problem? So I had to laugh at that because I, I just don't understand it. Did the Cardinals pitchers really just let Yachty like call the whole game and they never put any thought into it for themselves? He just threw down a sign and they were like, okay, just do whatever, do whatever you say, Yachty. That's baffling to me and kind of sad if that's how it was. Uh, I'm sure there's more to it, but that's just how it comes off. Uh, Hacker Man says, they were looking for a scapegoat. As so many people before have said, I find the whole ordeal disgusting. I've been a Birdnells fan for over 50 years. This management doing this really puts a black eye on the whole organization. Even 1990 didn't feel this bad. Uh, for those unfamiliar with 1990, the team was 70 and 92, sixth in the NL East. That's uh, before they broke it up into more divisions. They were 25 games out of first place behind Pittsburgh, who had a young Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla, former Cardinals Andy Van Slyke and Mike Lavalier were on that team. That was a tough year for the Cardinals. They they traded Willie McGee to the Oakland A's that year. Willie ended up winning the NL batting title, hitting 335 while he finished the season in the American League, which is odd. And they didn't have a horrible roster. They still had Willie and Ozzy and Terry Pendleton. They traded for Lee Smith. They had John Tudor, Vince Coleman. Pedro Guerrero, Jose Oquendo, all on this team, but they didn't win. Whitey ends up resigning in the middle of the season. Joe Torre takes over. I mean, I hope that's not what we're looking at for the rest of this season. I hope that, you know, what we've seen the last two games will give them a little bit of momentum. And last night, the guys put together a pretty solid game, and guess what? They got the win. And I don't know if they they, they fed off the negative energy that was surrounding them or – and I'm not talking about just locally. Like nationally, like MLB channels, ESPN, people just trashing them, questioning their their actions and their issues and everything that went into the season. But last night I saw a complete team. I really did for one of the few times this season. Uh, Michaelis didn't last long. Pitch count was up, but he was striking out a lot of guys, which is not normal Michaelis stuff. He had seven Ks. Uh, only gave up one run, but he, he continues to look more and more like the guy that we expected to see when the year started. The bullpen was was huge last night. Genesis Cabrera, you got him back from Memphis, and he's been outstanding ever since. Brings some fire, some pizzazz out there onto the mound with them. Gets them out of that, that jam when Michaelis left, and you had the runner at third and less than uh, two outs. Gets the fly ball, and then uh, Brendan Donovan in left field nails the runner at home. That was huge. 
Uh, Jordan Hicks, despite having a, an ugly outing his last time out, he blew that game, comes back last night, just filthy, plain filthy out there for two winnings. Dude hates undershirts, by the way. Did you guys notice that? Because it was really cold at Wrigley. Like, see your breath cold. People were wearing gapes and stuff. Like, it was crazy looking. Like, it was like it was November out there. And Jordan Hicks, just no undershirt. Said the hell with sleeves. Who needs them? Like a football lineman. It was just his skin and, and nature out there. And he looked great. Offense didn't light it up, but, um, you know, they got key hits when they needed them. From Contreras, again, big night. Dylan Carlson had an RBI opposite field single. Lars Newbar walked, walked twice, scored twice. Uh, Arenado, late scratch with neck stiffness, so didn't have him. And you still got the win. And it wasn't a pretty win, and it was an ugly one. Definitely an ugly one, but you're going to take that because you're not getting a lot of wins. So no matter how you get them, you'll take them. Good looking, ugly, doesn't matter at this point. The Cardinals did make a transaction today. I'm going to tell you about that, and we'll preview tonight's game against the Cubs next on Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals send Jack Flaherty to the mound tonight, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Uh, a name that has kind of disappeared from the lips of Cardinals fans has been recalled to the team. They brought up Andre Palante. Remember that guy? An option lefty Jojo Romero to Memphis. Um, after getting demoted last month, Palante been all right at Memphis. Nine and two-thirds, gave up five runs, three of those earned on five hits. He's walked two, but he struck out 14. Remember, he was having trouble with his control. The walks were a problem. So uh, good to see that maybe he's ironed things out a little bit down in the minors. Uh, Jojo heads out, and according to my math, that leaves the Cardinals with one left-hander in the bullpen, and that's Cabrera, who threw a bunch last night. So I don't know what they're going to do about that. Uh, makes me wish they had a guy by the name of Zach Thompson still in the bullpen, but nope, I'm not. I'm staying positive. Not going down that path again. I yelled about that yesterday. Tonight's matchup, Jack Flaherty against Jamison Tyon. Flaherty, we know, got torched his last outing. 10 runs in, uh, what was that, two and a third against the Angels. It was bad. It was ugly. He's had back-to-back -back rough outings, both of them against L.A. teams. Uh, since getting the win against Seattle back on April 23rd. So hopefully Jack can, uh, you know, get things worked out and uh, be back to the guy we saw earlier in the season. In between him getting killed the last couple of games and the crazy walk games at the beginning, where's that middle Jack? That's what we're looking for tonight at Wrigley. Uh, Tyon has been kind of a disappointment for the Cubs in signing with them this offseason. He's 0-2. His ERA is over five and four starts. Hasn't made it past five innings in any of them. So... The Cardinals have a chance. They've won back-to-back -back games. You do three in a row, that's what we call a winning streak. Can it happen tonight? Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Tomorrow we'll recap tonight's activities. Will Villain Willie get booed mercil mercilessly again at, uh, at Wrigley Field? We'll find out. I hope he does because that means he's probably doing something they don't like. Be sure to catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast for this series against the Cubs at Historic Wrigley Field with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and a JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. <laughs>